the geek shall inherit the earth. Clem, are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm surviving like everybody else in the world. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> Hanging in there. How are you? I'm okay, mate. I'm okay. Last time I saw you was at uh, Cambridge. Was it Cambridge? It wasn't Field the Force Day? No, it was Cambridge. Cambridge was... Uh, yeah, no, it was Cambridge last year. King, King's, Cambridge. Cambridge Comic Con. I can't remember. <laughs> I've done so many cons. I've done so many cons, I just can't remember. No, it's fine. I mean, it's, yeah, it's... Um, was it a good con? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. But, yeah, I, um, yeah, it was the, it, it was, yeah, Cambridge last year at the at, at the junction that I last saw you. And then before that, it was Feel the Force Day. Because oh, you did okay. the, uh, we, we got the pictures of you pretending to be Joker with my, <laughs> my Valentine behind. We were trying to reenact his, his famous screenshot of himself <laughs> absolutely absolutely let's i've got some quality pictures from that yeah yeah cool. some really good pictures of it really good pictures so no it was good and I, I see you're in the new james bond yeah yeah the secret's out now and it was on the trailer so i thought it's fine to mention it um yeah it was a, yeah, it's great to be involved for my third time yeah, I was gonna but, say, you know, you, yeah it's, it's gotta be your third time now you've been on it yeah yeah, that's three in a row. It's really cool. Did you get any speaking parts this time? No, no, but it, well, the thing is, I haven't seen the movie, but it, it is a featured role, so it, it, it you know, it just depends if it makes uh, the cut or not. Yeah. How did that come about? How did getting into James Bond come about? Because obviously you've done so, so many, so many films. It's good. Now it's kind of like spot a film that Clem's not in. Um, well, it's, the process is fairly easy. It's because it's all background work. Basically, you're you're submitted by your agent, and uh, they might have a brief, and they might say, "Well, we're looking for these kind of characters," and uh, you might get thrown in the mix, and then uh, it'll be up to the director and uh, and the casting crew. We'll we'll look at all the pictures, and then from there they'll they'll pull you in, um, and often. Sometimes if you're featured, it's often more you're on set and the director's looking for some sort of quality and they go, yeah. do you know, look at those guys, get, get that guy, he looks amazing, I want him here. Um, and then whenever you're featured on screen, you know, if, you look, if you're quite close to the actor, it, it, it's always intentional, it's never by accident. It'll, it'll all, every face will be selected. Um, that you know, um, there'll never be a time where somebody has a kind of sneaks in. They'll, you know, if they try doing that, they'll just be told to get to the back. It's always uh, the closer you are to the actors, the closer you, um, the, you know, the more, the more it's 
it's more it's in you know it's part of the director's vision yeah okay but how did you how did you get into it because I, I vaguely remember you talking about your brother before when yeah. we were the force day yeah yeah he did he he was uh he used to do background work and then he uh he got this great role which had a line in in casino royale he played a character called mr fukutu and um and I think that was like uh, it was like it was, it was like twenty minutes of the movie. Basically, it was the you know it was the the uh, crescendo, if you like, of the movie. And uh, you know he was heavily involved in that scene because there was only like six poker players, including Bond and uh, is his name Le Chiffre, is it? Yeah, Le Chiffre. And, um, so yeah, so he was featured in that, and uh, and uh, then he went on to do acting. Uh, but before he did, did that, he just said to me, uh, why didn't you give it a go? Because actually you got a very similar look. And he'd be like, he was like passing passing the baton on to me and saying, yeah. Yeah, why didn't you give it a go? So, yeah, I did. <laughs> and uh, it, it kind of worked out for me. And, uh, you know, the long, my ethnicity, if you like, and, and the, the, you know, the unusual long grey white hair, you know, brings certain roles. It won't give... It won't bring the sort of generic roles, uh, but it will bring the more, you know, character scenes and fantasy scenes, uh, science fiction scenes, are often things I get, you know, asked to do. Uh, because, I, you know, I won't fit in, I won't be, it's very, you know, if I say if I worked on Casualty, they, they just want to hide me in the back because yeah. it's like it's too distinctive. It's not really what they're looking for. So kind of like, yeah, it, 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 it suits my purpose because uh, I get the, kind of roles that I like I enjoy doing good excellent and you must have a favorite come on I know of everything you've done because you've done Doctor Who, Guardians of Galaxy, Harry Potter you, you've done uh, Bond the list goes on uh, his Dark Materials, Pikachu what is your favorite film that you've been involved in what's the fate your, your top top film you've been involved in such a tough question I always, I, I always narrow it down to, can I say to? Yeah, no, uh, yeah, go for it. For two, two different reasons. Uh, I am a Marvel fan, so that's a huge clue. So Doctor Strange is, is, is my favourite costume. I love the costume and the hair they did, and the, they had these like, really intricate bits of uh, braiding. Um, and I, I just love the look of... I loved the look of uh, my character yeah. and the idea that he was, you know, I was part of the same school as Doctor Strange. You, that means, you know, you're a, you're a master of the mystic arts, you're a master of martial arts, all those kind of things. It's like, yeah, well, that's kind of, kind of the character. That's a badass. That's a badass character yeah. to be part of that and part of the Marvel Universe. So that would be one of them. Um, but obviously, just for uh, its historical significance, uh, working on the Force Awakens, Star Wars Force Awakens yes. was uh, a huge deal, and being part of the Rebel Alliance, um, yeah, that was just like incredible to be part of that, and the kind of scenes that we shot with, uh, with in the, on the Resistance base with the you know Millennium Falcon, X-wing fighters, and all that stuff was like, you know, it's like you have to pinch yourself when you're in that kind of environment because it's just like cosplay but not it's the real thing it's, it's the real, real deal. <laughs> i mean I, I am hugely jealous of the amount of roles that, that you've had and the variety of films that you've had because 
it's it's just phenomenal. It's it really is. Uh, if you were going to 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 go for a role, what what sort of remit do you give to your agent to put you forward, or do people? the um the film producers come to your agent do you go to them or do they come to you um well i don't think i'm i don't really think i'm that important that i could actually demand from my agent to what kind of roles that i, I um that i would like it doesn't really work like that the, uh, at the end of the day you know background work is work so sometimes you have to accept things that you might not even want to be in or enjoy whatever it's work so because you know if you look at my, my list of kind of things that i've been in you know some of them aren't science fiction or fantasy some of them might be historical um but it's just kind of whatever whatever it it, it just it just so happens that m majority of things that i get put up for are fantasy and science fiction it's kind of not it's not intentional it's not what i've dictated to my agent my agent would certainly you do not dictate to your agent that's just not something that's done more oh, I, don't know. I just thought you might yeah. because, because of your your unique look and uh, the way yeah, that I think... fits most specific films didn't know whether it was something that you know you would say to to your agent you know these sorts of films obviously are what what i'm getting called for is um, that well, they, they would they would know the thing is they would know that the thing is, the agent knows most of the busier characters, if you like, yeah. and you know what kind of roles they're fitting. So often, they, they they would you would probably most likely be suggested that you would be a good fit for this, yeah. you know, this film or this scene. Uh, so I leave it up to them. It's not like I, as I say, I, I'm not in a position to be demanding anything from my agents. But they, you know, they they know they know what works. They they want to make money. That's the point. So yeah, they they know what characters work for them, and they will do whatever they can to 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 submit who they think are the best candidates. Which I think is standard for any casting. Yeah. You know, any casting, they they they, they want to make. You know, they want to be busy as well, so they'll put their best characters forward. So that's kind of how it works. Okay. Okay. Excellent. How how did you how did you find your agent? Did you just did you oh, just, did your brother point you in the right direction? No, you just apply for agents. Uh, anybody can apply for a background agency. Okay. Uh, I can't guarantee you get work. I mean, some people. Uh, I mentioned generic faces. Some generic faces can, if they you know if they've got the right work ethic, they can get way more jobs than I can get. They can. Because they can, they're like a chameleon. They can just, yeah. you know, they've got clean face, short hair like yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you could, you know, you could, you could dress, be dressed as anything, and that means that potentially, you know, you could have a lot of roles. But you know, it's also there's an element of luck because I think the more the more you do it, the more uh, production know who you are, the more the agents know who you are the more you might be trusted if you if you keep your work ethic up. So all those things are considered, you know, it's like anything in work, you know, it's to do with, you know, how hard you work, you know, you respect yeah. your chain of command in, in, in the film industry, you know, who, who, you know, you take your direction from your runners or your third ADs, you don't, you don't talk to the director unless they talk to you, you know, lots of things, you know, there's a, you know, if you observe, observe all that and you work hard, 
you're always willing to do something and be on time. Yeah, there's no reason why anybody can't do that. Excellent. Okay, so you, you said about obviously dealing with like third ADs and, and not really talking to the directors. Have you ever had a had a conversation with a, like a real top director where you've actually had a sort of conversation? And who who would be your favourite that you've you've spoken directly to? Probably uh, on Doctor Who, Ben Wheatley. Um, ben Wheatley. We did. Uh, I did the Clockwork Droid. Um, for for one of the, uh, Peter Capaldi's first episode, you know, he just having taking direction from Ben, yeah. was like, you know, was was a was an honour to kind of like we were just talking about the mechanism of the the blade that I had and stuff, and you know, it was just kind of you know just listening to what he has to say and hoping you don't don't basically <laughs> cock up cock up the shot, you know. Um, yeah, I don't think I would have. I wouldn't say I've had long conversations with directors. I mean, it just really a question of if a director says like say something to you just just one word or something to 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 um to inform you more about what your action is yeah. um, but like you say more likely that's going to happen that you know that'll probably come more likely to come from the first ad or the third ad would be the ones that are, are telling you what what the notes are coming from the director it wouldn't be very okay. rare that the director would be actually the one that talks to you no that, that's fair enough i'm sure that i'm sure eventually they may well want to grab you and have a chat you never know you never know <laughs> Where, where's the most exotic place that that your work has taken you to well i don't know if you've seen the screenshots uh, uh, of the recently released movie waiting for the barbarians no i Are haven't you? no i haven't seen it oh, okay yet. Well, that's, uh, that's just that's the film that i think is available online somewhere now you can watch that film it stars um johnny depp um robert patterson and no, it's the new batman yeah and mark rylan are all in that movie and uh he wanted a specific uh uh asian characters that they wanted to bring uh to morocco we shot in morocco nice. uh, for that scene which was a uh, which is quite an intimate scene because of the, but it was a torture scene. So we, um, we played the sort of the, if you like the barbarians in that scene and we were tortured. So, but it was just amazing because it was only like, um, the actual shooting of that was like two days, but we were there like a week and basically they put us up in a hotel and gave us some spending money and just said, look, on the days off, just do, do what you want. Wow. I thought, Okay, well, so all right, okay, we will, <laughs> you know. So it was cool. That was, that was kind of nice. Probably the most exotic place I've worked in. I mean, I've done commercials in Holland, and I think I did one in Finland. So you know, places that aren't. Sometimes you don't even get to see because you're working yeah. so hard. You're just there working. You never. Then you're in a car, and then you're at the studio, and then you don't even see any of what you, what, you know. Oh yeah, I went to um, where else did I film? I filmed in um, Romania. That was another oh, place. Lovely. That was nice as well. Um, and we had a few days off there too, where we could just go and see the town. Um, but yeah, they're probably as exotic as I've had so far. So far, well, that's yeah, but that's still that's still amazing to be able to go out and do that. Do you, do you find that when you go out to, to sets for the films that you are that you're there for sort of two three days? Is that is that the sort of right amount of time? Is that is that the average amount of time you spend on a on a set? It can depend. You, it all depends on what the content of the scene is. Right. 
obviously the more actors you have on set the more dialogue you have the more camera shots and camera angles you have to have if it involves stunts that's going to take a long time yeah. again lots of camera angles so if it's a quick scene like the doctor strange scene was only a day really that was just coming in coming in uh, the hong kong sanctum with a Woody Kamataj's disciples, um, Benedict Wong giving his uh, his war speech, if you like. Yeah. Uh, that was one one day, and I think Benedict had to be somewhere else the next day. And I believe that they wanted to do some pickup shots on the one on another day, and I couldn't make it because basically uh, I was already committed to another production. Wow. And it, I believe, from what I heard, they got somebody in and. Uh, Put a wig on it. <laughs> Spray the wig with white white spray to make it look look. I mean, he didn't look anything like me. I think I knew I knew who the guy was. I, I we talked later about it. I mean, none of his pickup scenes made it into the shot anyway. But yeah, they were kind of, they wanted me to come in first. The other day I couldn't make it, so they had to, have to get some guy in and spray put a wig on him to try and make That's him look crazy. Like I know. That's actually quite hilarious. That they would. I know. That's madness, honestly. So I have my own double. <laughs> yeah, so you, you've got your own double. See, all you're missing now is an action figure, Clem. All you need <laughs> is an action figure now, and you're golden. Uh, so, so let's talk about Comic-Cons, Clem. You, you do obviously do Comic-Cons quite a lot, and you're always hugely, hugely popular. What What is it about cons that you love the most? Because obviously we've not had any this year, have we? It's been a really strange year this year. Uh, just the atmosphere, the people. Um, we're all fans. I'm a fan myself. I consider myself a huge geek of uh, Marvel Comics. I love Star Wars, Doctor Who. I, I love all that stuff. Um, you know, I like my action figures like everybody else. Um, so I, I always feel I have a common rapport with, with the audience because I feel like I am one of them. Um, so I really enjoy having those conversations and... I love all the cosplay. I love seeing the different costumes people have. You know, they put so much work and effort uh, effort in it. It's just like, it's just amazing to see all the intricate details that they got, you know, the, the amount of money they spend on them, you know, and uh, I really appreciate all the hard work they have just so they can come, you know, and be that character for, for the day. Yeah, I mean, I just, there's not, what what is there not to love about Comic-Cons? It's just like, it's just like a paradise, you know, to be part of that and, and have my role, you know, as my role as a guest there is, you know, I feel honoured and privileged to, to be there. I never, ever take that for granted. I know that's, uh, you know, that's a very special thing to be asked to come to a, a Comic-Con site. I never take that for granted. I'm always very grateful and, uh, always welcome the fans because uh, obviously without them there, there isn't anything so no no and how have you found it this year with obviously the the real the real change in in what covid has brought with with no real comic oh, i mean it's, it's devastating isn't it it's just absolutely devastating uh i really feel for in particular the organizers i i feel like they haven't really got a leg to stand on and i know a few of my friends and i i know um, you know they're still trying to, to put one on uh, or they're determined to put them on yeah. like September, October they keep move, having to move them because the government hasn't decided you know even to, to yesterday you know saying you know with the restrictions with the, the six, six having the six um, no more than six and 
just kind of it's crazy you know they they, they, they you know i don't know how much good uh, support they're getting from the government but it just feels like they're on a hiding to nothing and the same yeah. with the venue you know, the venue is the same with the, all the kind of covid covid secure guidelines uh yeah it's just madness but on the other hand you know we all have to look at you know safety is the most important thing for us isn't it and yeah. for the the people who are attending or the audience so we have to look after them and make sure that that's secure so yeah of course i understand that but i do feel for the organizers i just yeah. feel like it's so hard for them right now and of course the traders as well you know some of you know it's their living so yeah, yeah it's awful yeah it's, it's it's been tough how have you handled lockdown how have you been during lockdown yourself I think at first lockdown was kind of like uh, more like a solitary confinement, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, we got through it. I just got through it through family, really. Just kind of being staying in touch with my family and my extended family, having quiz nights and stuff like that at the beginning. But you know, as it later came, you know, as we've now kind of the new norm, if you like. Uh, yeah, no, just spent time you know trying to see see my children who, who are quite grown up they've got their own kids my my grandkids yeah just spending time with my family and uh plugging away with whatever you know there's uh you know film productions have started i mean there are things happening so it's it's feeling a little bit ho more hopeful um and right anything now. that you could anything you could say that you're that you're, you're potentially going to be working on coming up no no, I can't say. Damn, um, it's always worth asking. <laughs> it's, I'd never know. I just wouldn't. Wouldn't. No. Have you got? Is there some real big blockbusters coming up that you're going to be look? You're going to be doing some scenes in. Can't say. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of big films out there, but who knows? No, no. Keeping it very close to your chest. That's fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, okay. Um, last question, then, Clem. If you were to give any advice. To someone who wanted to become a background actor or to get into acting, what would you give them? Well, I, that all depends on age. Um, if you're if, if it's acting, if you're talking acting, I would definitely say you know go down the route of education. Always would encourage uh, young people to educate them. I think that's the fastest route to being in the industry because you're building a foundation for yourself. Um, I never had that chance, but you're build, building that foundation to have your own connections and you're with your peer group who could be the next directors or whatever, you know, crew or whatever. So, you know, you're always in that, you're always going to be in that place where they're, you know, if this is if filming projects, they might say, hey, hey, well, do you want to jump on this one? So, I mean, that's definitely the route for young people. For older people, you know, maybe student films start with that, you know, cut your teeth. Um, I definitely think that's the way to go with that. Build up your show reel. Uh, in background acting, uh, you know, it doesn't really matter. All I'd say is just think about kind of how you, your look is your most important selling point. So, you know, you, if you want to go generic role, you know, think about how that's going to look on yourself. You know, you might want to be, you know, clean shaven, neat and tidy or whatever. Or if you want to look for specific things, you have to think about kind of what kind of uh, genre you're in. You know, you, you know, I know people with huge pencil moustaches and they get all the period roles, always will get those roles. 
but they know their market. Yeah, That's what yeah. I'm I know my market. I know what you know what kind of things are. I'm always being put up for. So you know, I, I play to my strengths. So that's what I'd say. Play to your strengths. Excellent. Good, Glenn. Thank you so much. I absolutely appreciate it. It's, it's always lovely to talk to you, and it's always lovely to catch up. Um, and it's good to see you keeping well. I can't believe you said grandkids. Yeah, I have two. I can't believe yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. This they they're, they're both uh, just over one. I can't believe you've got grandkids. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. No, I it? honestly wouldn't have thought you had grandkids. <laughs> honestly, you, don't, you definitely don't look old enough to have grandkids, Clem. Well, obviously I am. <laughs> obviously you are old enough to have grandkids. Obviously. Absolutely. Um, I really appreciate the time, Clem. Thank you so, oh, so welcome. much. Thank you're you. Welcome. Thank you for asking me. No, uh, absolutely. No, I, I would love to, to, you know, catch up with, with the guys that I speak to at Comic-Cons and, you know, the ones who always spend time wanting to, to talk to us and, and, and talk to me and, and give me give me the time of day. And it, it's great. You know, I, I hugely appreciate it. And I love talking and catching up and just being able to to learn more and, and just, you know, it, it's just brilliant. I just absolutely love it. And, and I appreciate the fact that, you know, you spared some time for me. So, I, you know, I really, really appreciate it. You're certainly cool, man. You're welcome. <laughs>